Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting podcast of the Go Forth program. I am your host, Ben O'Young, and today I have not necessarily little, but she's in the Little Sisters of the Poor. Please give a warm welcome to Sister Lawrence Mary. Hello, Sister. Good morning, Ben. How are you? Good morning. We're excited to have you. Could you please open our podcast talk with a prayer? Sure, I'll be happy to. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, your Son, send us now your Holy Spirit. May his loving presence in our souls enable us to make Jesus the center of our lives. May our thoughts be his thoughts, our words his words, our actions his actions, our choices his choices. We make this prayer in his name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, sister. As we get started, please share how you first entered into religious life. How did you hear the call? Well, I was born into a very Catholic family in Detroit, Michigan. I attended a Catholic grade school, and I had two great aunts who were sister servants of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And from a very early age, the thought of belonging to Jesus alone kind of captivated me, and I always thought about becoming a sister. But I always wanted to become a teaching sister. And then when I was in eighth grade, the little sisters came to our grade school and they showed some slides and they talked about working with the elderly. And I really didn't want to go help them or volunteer, but it was the one time that peer pressure turned out to be a really good thing because my friends wanted to go help. And so I went along with them and I was very surprised at what I saw. What I had imagined was going to be an awful place turned out to be a home of love, of acceptance, and of great peace and happiness. And so I continued to volunteer. And when I finished high school, I wanted to enter right away, but my parents wanted me to go to college. However, at that time, God intervened, and the Daughters of Charity here in Baltimore offered the Little Sisters of the Poor nursing scholarships And they especially wanted to have young women who had just entered as postulants become nursing students right along with their students, thinking somehow that we might give good example to the girls. So the little sisters asked me if I would accept a scholarship and do my nursing for three years before I would be sent to the novitiate. Well, I really didn't want to. And when I said to the little sisters, well, you know, I never took biology in high school because I didn't want to touch worms and I didn't think I could do the nursing. They said, well, you know, if you want to become a little sister, you have to learn to obey. She says, oh, I'll go to nursing school. I'll do anything you want. (laughs) So I accepted the scholarship and I started nursing and found out I loved it. And that was how I became a little sister. Oh, my goodness. So. This was not the path that you chose, but at the same time, too, you just slowly listened and followed along, and voila, the Lord said, here's great joy I want to give you, and that is to be a sister. 
Yes, and it was a great joy, and it's a joy that has only gotten greater as the years go along. That's wonderful. I'm so glad that you have enjoyed so much your vocation, which is, again, serving the elderly. What attracted you so much about serving the elderly? Well, I think it was the family spirit that struck me so very strongly. The little sisters were there to serve the elderly, not to like lord it over them or to tell them what to do all the time. But I felt that they could see Jesus in each of these elderly residents, especially by their presence. Because you can have a beautiful home, but if you're not surrounding the elderly with love and attention and are there for them 24-7, they could never be happy as they are. I also witnessed the little sisters caring for the very sick and always being present at the bedside when these residents were dying. And I thought that must be such a comforting thing that as you are dying, to know that there's a sister always there with you, praying with you, and making sure that you're kept as comfortable as possible. And I was only 12 and 13 at that age. My high school went along and I saw more of the little sisters. I realized that this was what God was calling me to do. So at such a young age, you were just completely influenced by the little sisters of the poor, by their example. Yes. Their example of love, of Christ's love towards others in need. Yet not only were you called to religious life, you were also called to the mission field. Sister, could you please share that part of your story? Well, to begin with, as a postulant, of course, it was hard doing the nursing although I did get to like it very much. And then even during my years as a postulant here in Baltimore, I began to discern a second call. I felt that the Lord was calling me to serve him maybe in a foreign country as a little sister missionary, again, always serving the elderly. And so this was always in my mind, and I was wondering when the Lord would answer this desire of mine that was so very strong. And it was when I was a young little sister, after I made my first vows, I went to Scranton and was doing some further college studies there, that I finally got the answer I had been waiting for. My superiors asked me to go to France to prepare to go to the missions. And so I did. And after a year in France, I went to Singapore and then to South Korea, where I was going to spend 36 years. And there, the challenges were great, especially learning the language. That was a tremendous challenge. And it was ongoing. We spent the first two years in a language school conducted by the Franciscan Fathers, where we were five days a week, several hours each day, learning the Korean language, along with other missionaries, both Catholic and Protestant. And that was certainly a tremendous challenge, as well as getting used to a different culture. This was back in 1971. And while Korea had already made tremendous strides after the Korean War, it still was not the developed country that we know today. And so you were in South Korea for 30 plus years. Yes, I was. And they were very happy years. And what was some of the greatest joys that you had while you were in Korea? Well, the greatest joy didn't happen until we were already there two years when we were finally able to begin our own work of caring for the elderly poor. 
But in the meantime, we were already in contact with young women who wanted to become little sisters. And as soon as we moved to our first home, which was a home for the elderly started by the Marion Old Fathers, and they had asked us to take it over, we had the joy of not only working with these elderly residents, but also of welcoming young women. And my role was to be partly helping them learn English so that they could go on to the Navishit in Hong Kong. And at the same time, I was also assuring the nursing care of our elderly residents. Uh, so, sisters, some clarification for our listeners. Why would the Little Sisters of the Poor from Korea be sent to Hong Kong? Why was that necessary? It was necessary because as a young religious community in Korea, we hadn't started a novitiate yet. And we thought it would be better because these young women would probably be sent to other places as well as Korea, that from the beginning they go to Hong Kong for their religious formation. And so, of course, they had to learn English. So the purpose of the sisters going to Hong Kong was for their training. That's where the years of preparation for their service in their work with the Sisters of the Poor started in Hong Kong. Yes, because the Little Sisters are international. They could be sent anywhere at any time, just as all Little Sisters can. And we all spend at least one year in France before we make our final vows as a final preparation at the mother house where our founder, St. Jean Jugan, lived and died. So France, Singapore, and then also Korea for many years. But then, Sister, we talked about some of the challenges, and you talked about the challenges of learning the language. And I know firsthand how that is. I had to learn Chinese as I've gotten older. Then you were there for many years, but then they asked you to leave. Yes. In 2007, I was asked to go to the Philippines, and there I helped open a new home in one of the provinces. And then in 2009, I came back to Baltimore. Sister, that must have been very hard for you to move to another missionary site. It was a challenge, and at the same time, it was a joy to see a new home beginning in a beautiful country where the people are so very fervent. It was also somewhat of a challenge to return to the States where I hadn't lived. And I had many things, in a sense, to learn over here. But Mm -hmm. I felt very much at home right here in Baltimore. It's the same wonderful family spirit that the Little Sisters have all over. And so, almost without knowing it, I adjusted very easily. Could you please share more about some of the challenges you faced when you came back to the States? Well, first of all, there was English. Um, I found I was speaking very stilted English, just like I would be speaking when I would be speaking with a non-native speaker. And so I got over that gradually. I also was asked to help in the development office, which I had never really done in Korea. And so I learned gradually to to assume my new roles here. And they were probably my greatest challenges. So, so many of our listeners may say, wow, the the hardest adjustment may have been to come back to the States. And that's, excuse my pun on words, but that's very foreign to them. 
to adjust to the States? I think then that I had really made Asia my home, in particular Korea, and I had never really thought about being asked to leave. But in my heart, I was always ready too, because a little sister is ready to go anywhere at any time. And basically serving the elderly is the same wherever you are. What they need is your love, your affection, knowing that you're there for them 24-7. Yes. And, and that brings us to the 21st Sunday of Ordinary Time, the, the readings for this week. Could you please share how the Sunday readings have magnified and helped you grow in your faith in the mission field? Yes, Ben, I'd be happy to do that. In the gospel for the 21st Sunday of Ordinary Time, Jesus asks his disciple this question, who do you say that I am? And he also asks each of us the same question. And if we think about it, we mean, oh, I know the answer. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Savior. But do we really stop and think what this means? If really I say, Jesus is my Lord, I'm saying he is the one to whom I give my total allegiance, the one to whom I give my life, my liberty, my everything. And so he becomes the center of my life. And I learn to live for him and with him for the extension of his kingdom. It's not always easy. But by saying that, if Jesus wants me to be in Korea, that's fine. If he wants me to be here in Baltimore, that's fine too. Maybe I've made my plans for the day to do a certain amount of work or to go out or whatever. And all of a sudden, somebody gets very ill and needs my help. Or maybe that person is dying and I'm being asked to be with that person at night. That's what Jesus is asking. And so it's fine. And I'm at peace with it. And I think this is the way if we live our life, we always have peace no matter what happens because we're centered on Jesus and not on maybe our own happiness or our own agenda. It's Jesus who's asking. It's Jesus whom we're seeking. And it's very simple. We just say, yes, Jesus, this is what you want. And so I want it too. And so I would ask for each of our listeners for myself as well, that we may each be able to say sincerely, Jesus, you are my Lord, my God, my all. Sister, that is so beautiful. And to say, Jesus, you are my my all. You are my Lord. You're right. So often, personally, I, I might say it, but not have it deep in my heart to mean it. And that's what you're stressing, to just really mean it. That if you're if you're saying Jesus is Lord, really mean it and try to live it in your life. Is there anything else, sister, you'd like to share about the Sunday readings that you'd like to expound on? Well, I would just like to add, this is the ideal that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is our all. But don't think that I live this perfectly every moment of every day because I don't. I'm just like everybody else. I'm a sinner. All the Lord wants of us is to say, Lord, I messed up again. I'm sorry. Help me to do better and give me your grace. And then we keep on going. And I think it's because 
we're really trying to make the Eucharist the center of our lives. Each of our homes, we have a beautiful chapel. The residents have the chance to go to Mass every day. And so it's because it, we're living with God 24-7. This flows over to our staff and to our residents. And so they have this peace and happiness that some of them maybe have never known before in their lives. They are all the very poor, but more than material poverty, a lot of them have experienced spiritual poverty. And now they have the chance to come back and spend time in prayer, to go to the chapel, and really to prepare to meet God forever in heaven. So giving of themselves and surrendering all to the Lord they're tasting joy on earth. Yes. And you've tasted that joy as you've been a religious sister. Yes. It's a joy uh, we, we experience every day. A joy you experience every day. I, I wish everyone could experience that same joy in their ministry. But what you're sharing today is if Jesus is Lord and you really mean that, you'll find that joy. You'll find that peace with Christ. I think you are very correct, and I wish that if all young people knew how happy religious life was or priestly life for the same thing, I think the seminaries and the convents would be full. I think the young are afraid of giving up so many things that they're attached to today, which really don't give you joy at all. They just give you pleasure. And when you let go and let God be God, you experience joy. Let go and let God be God in our lives. That's what the meaning of Jesus is Lord when we say it in our hearts. Yes. Yes. Sister, before I let you go, is there anything else you want to share to our listening audience about whether they may want to pursue the religious life or the mission field? I would say, first of all, spend time in prayer, especially in adoration in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Because it's God who invites. You can't give yourself a religious vocation or a missionary vocation. But if you're open and ready to listen to the Lord, then you're ready to hear his invitation and to respond to it with love. Another aspect of our own particular religious life that I would like to mention, the Little Sisters only care for the very poor. And because of that, We have to find the means to continue our work with them. And so as our founder, St. John Shugan, did back when she began her work with the elderly in 1839, we go begging or collecting, you could say. And so I am a collecting sister here in Baltimore. I go to the different parishes every weekend to speak. I also try to meet many people to interest them in helping the elderly. And that's how really we live. It's a daily miracle that we are very often surprised by. We always have enough. Our residents don't lack for anything. And at the same time, we have nothing. It's God who sends everything to us. When I arrived in Baltimore in 2009, a few months later, in the beginning of 2010, we began a capital campaign because we had to do the complete reconstruction of our home We began it without having the funds we needed. And as we went along, God sent us everything. We completed it. And now our home is very functional and beautiful at the same time. And our residents are very happy. 
but it's an ongoing search for friends who want to help us. And this is a work I had never imagined doing or thought I could do. Speaking was the worst subject I ever had in high school and in nursing school. And yet God surprised me again because when he asks you to do a work, he always gives you the grace and the capacity you need to accomplish it for his glory. So I would say to young people who are searching, don't be afraid. God is never going to ask you to do what you can't do. He will always enable you to do what he wants. Thank you, sister, for sharing. That's beautiful. He will always enable you to do what he wants. God doesn't choose those who are qualified. He qualifies those that he chooses. Correct. So just be open to what the Lord is calling. Be open with an open heart. Pray and let God do the rest in your life and be willing to listen and follow his will. You are very correct. (laughs) Yes. Fantastic. Well, Sister Lawrence Mary, it has been a pleasure talking to you today. We really appreciate your time. And thank you so much for opening your heart and sharing about your missionary work, serving the elderly all these years. You said you're in year 55 of service. Is Uh, that it? Yes. Yes, correct. 55 years as a professed little sister of the poor. As a professed sister, little sister of the poor. And you don't look a day over 21, so you're doing great. (laughs) Well, thank you again, sister, for your time and for all that you shared. And may we all be humble, listening to the Lord, and let him do the rest as we humbly serve. Thank you again, sister. Thank you, Ben. You're welcome. God bless you. And let us all go forth and spread the good news. Go forth is a service of the United States Catholic Mission Association, funded in part by the Catholic Communications Campaign. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite listening platform. We'd love to earn five stars from you, so be sure to leave a review. Visit uscatholicmission.org forward slash go forth for scripture commentaries, show notes, and Mission Cafe details. Check out the show notes for pictures and links about our witnesses' mission. Our music is Go Out, Go Out by Curtis Stefan, used by license with OCP. Wherever you live and whatever you do, God has a mission just for you. Come back next week to meet another missionary disciple sharing God's love through their life and witness. Amen. Glorify.